0: 630 Chad. Inside Sports, with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6, on 630
1: Chad. Now Kane, right face off the shoots and scores. Avander
0: Kane, powers over, sick second goal tonight. Ryan
1: Nugent, Hopkins, McDavid, left circle, cross
0: ice, one-timer, score! This game is tied! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. To Ryan McLeod, Evander Kane lost the handles. He tried to come over the line, and then a shot from
1: inside the Calgary blue line winds up in the back of the net. It's three all. Unbelievable.
0: I can laugh now, right? Um, I mean, obviously. I i don't think there's been a time in my career where I've lost a puck where I have no idea where it went. And talking to some guys after, I wasn't the only one that didn't know where it was either, so it made me feel a little bit better. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want that to happen ever. But unbelievable goal by Nuge at the end there to, to give us a boost back and, and obviously get up in the series. And a win's a win.
1: It was one of the craziest goals I've ever seen. Certainly the longest goal I've ever seen scored on an NHL goaltender. Longest range. Tied the game for the Flames last night. Edmonton, of course, bounced back. Nugent Hopkins, the winner, came the empty netter as the Oilers took it 5-3. And they will try to win the series Tomorrow, in Game 5, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey will start with the face-off show at 5.30. The game will start, uh, well, I think it's actually another 7.50 puck drop, so uh, late-ish, but not 820 or 845 like we have seen some other games in the playoffs so far. Uh, the Oilers have traveled to Calgary. We will bring you some of their uh, latest interviews as we move along tonight, but we're going to drop the puck courtesy Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster. It is Kelly
0: Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Reed. I just uh, got back a little while ago. I uh, made the drive from Edmonton to Calgary in my pickup and I drove David Amber and Scott Oak. So we had a nice chat.
1: Oh, good. And a drive you've done probably a few thousand times in your adult life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You got that right. Especially in the old days when I worked just with uh, Hockey Night in Canada on CBC and I worked the Western broadcasts. Man, I'd be in Edmonton, I don't know, 10 times or more during the regular season. And back then, if they were in the playoffs and uh, then on my own personal time to see my family in Edmonton. So I love that drive.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Speaking of long drives, (laughs) that's my segue (laughs) into the Rasmus Anderson goal. You know, I'm going to ask you if you have a personal experience with uh, one from extreme long range you may, maybe you stopped I, I can't remember if one ever went in on you it would still be on all the highlights uh cuz it's so rare but it, i don't know one you almost went in you couldn't see
0: oh gosh no i i've always said this anytime there's a goal that goes in on a goalie um from long range and I asked and asked the same question. I'm like, oh, of course. We all, every single one of us that ever played any length in the National Hockey League, has a story or two to share from uh, that sort of uh, similar experience. And mine happened to be, I believe, my second year in the National Hockey League. And uh, we're at home playing the Vancouver Canucks, and if I think you might remember a guy by the name of Patrick Sundstrom. Oh yeah. And uh, he was a really skilled player but this was not a skilled play. Uh, They may have been killing a penalty in their own zone, and he was near uh, the hash mark, uh, and he just lofted a puck high into the air, and uh, I didn't play it properly, of course, because the rule of thumb, really, for a goalie, on a puck that's way high in the air, and it looks like it may come down just in front of you, is sort of come out and meet the puck, before it has, before it can bounce very much, right? Because once it bounces, if it's on end or something, it can go anywhere. I remember a, a pokey Reddick goal scored by Willie Huber, I think, in Madison Square Gardens, where it it took the craziest hop I've ever seen in my life. And so that was the case in mine. And I probably had some other close calls, but uh, this one, Sunstrom, was a goal. But last night's goal was way different than anything I... Had ever experienced or seen, and maybe my maybe my memory isn't uh, as accurate as some other people. But I don't recall ever a straight shot beating a goalie. It, there's usually a bounce and and something, or you know, it, it hits the ice and it goes three feet the other direction or something crazy, right? But this, I have no idea. I'd like to watch it about a million more times to get a beat <laughs> on it. But I I have no idea how. Uh, Mike Smith didn't see the wind-up by Rasmus Anderson and get a beat on it early. I I remember our location in Rogers Place is so perfect for that. I'll never forget that memory because we're in our little booth and we're watching the play develop. And I'm looking at Mike Smith and he just, what, seven seconds before that had the gaff behind his net, right, where he almost got uh, played it in no play zone. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, OK, I wonder what Mike's thinking right now. And then I see the puck turned over and I see Rasmus Anderson getting ready to shoot the puck. And I'm looking at Mike and I'm thinking to myself, OK, it's on the way. It's on the way. And I didn't see any movement from him. And I'm thinking until the very last second, and I'm like, I have no idea how that happened. Now, he got away with it. And I know I I watched his presser last night after the game. He kind of laughed about it, but uh, that's just the strangest goal I've ever seen. I believe, especially with that on the line, it ties it up. And and at that time, they are two, one leading in the series. If uh, Calgary could have found a way to get the go ahead goal, that's what everybody would have remembered, right? So just strange as can be.
1: Yeah, well, I, Rob and I talked about that after the game, that if the Flames had won that game, that might be the second most remembered goal in Battle of Alberta history after the Steve Smith goal. Now, it's still That's- going to be remembered because it was yeah. a, a weird one, but the fact that the yeah. Orders won will will change the way it's, it's looked at for sure. When that goes in like that, and clearly Calgary, I thought, played a pretty good game overall. When that went in, did you think, Okay, that's it. That's going to break Edmonton tonight, or what was your mindset?
0: I did, and then last night we went out for a couple of drinks after, Scott Oak, David Amber, and a bunch of us, the production people, and we all sort of got, came to the same conclusion. Mike Smith might be one of the most mentally strong competitors in any sport to come across uh Uh, because I just don't know how he rebounds all the time from all these things. Whether it's a bad giveaway in the first game to the LA Kings that led to the game-winning goal, then he pitches a shutout the next game. And last night, uh, he made what I thought were three really big saves before Nugent Hopkins scored. Uh, I thought there were two exceptional saves on the same rush uh, to Smith made off of uh, Michael Backlund. So. I have no idea how this guy does it, and so at the moment when I thought, "Yeah, all momentum in Calgary's favor and Mike Smith, and I'm sure is going to collapse," I should never ever go down that road again with him because he is so puzzling to figure out. Yeah, in a good way.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, somebody called us about Mike Smith the other night, and I, I said with Smith, I'm, I'm sure there's a part of his mind where he's thinking, or maybe he isn't, but he looks like he has that kind of attitude where he'd say. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me I'm done one more time. Point out I'm 40 one more time. They just keep telling me, right? Yeah, he's defiant,
0: and I love that. I've always said that. Uh, that's what always I admired about Chris Osgood when he was with Detroit. And uh, people would sort of suggest that uh, he has nothing to do with Detroit winning Stanley Cups, and they're very dismissive towards him. And you could always define. You could always see that whenever he had the TV interviews he had the de- that defiance right that look, like he's sort of I don't believe anything you're asking me I know how good I am and I'm a big part of this team and I always admired that about him and that's kind of what Mike Smith portrays as well
1: Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on inside sports we got the flames and the Oilers game five coming up tomorrow night on 630 Chad McDavid has been spectacular obviously dry settle came and Hyman have been getting a lot of goals and points Nugent Hopkins with a big game last night Daryl Sutter said before game four, when he was asked about the Lindholm line. And you know, with Daryl, everything is kind of monotone and you sort of really yeah. got to listen carefully. And sometimes the answers are two seconds long. Yeah. But he did say they were a good regular season line. And then he kind of moved on and talked about some other stuff. Right. I'm wondering what you think of that. And what do you think of how Lindholm, Kachuk, and Goudreau have played in this series?
0: Well, first of all, they were a very good regular season line. Secondly, I thought they were really good versus Dallas. Uh, They got better and better versus Dallas in that series. Um, and I thought that they're quite good, uh, in the first two games. In fact, Kachuk had a hat trick. I mean, right. I mean, uh, and I thought they were much better in the first two games. And if you're saying that he said it before game four, then I would entirely agree that game three, I thought they were very, very quiet. I went on in the. Uh, Post game, and I said that I thought they only had two good shifts in the first two periods, and maybe a tiny bit better in the third, but not great. But having said all that, I just don't agree with the coach uh, sending uh, you know shots like that across the bow in an important game like that because you know how proud those guys are. You know that they want to contribute. You know they want to be better, um, and. I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Now, Daryl will never stop because of the way I think uh, about his uh, methods of sending messages. But nonetheless, I just think there are better ways to uh, motivate people. And uh, so, yeah, I uh, I don't necessarily disagree with the comment that he had after game three, though, because I think they do have to be better, and they will.
1: Okay. What did you think of the Lucic Smith
0: uh, crash in game three? Two minutes, two-minute penalty. Yeah. That wasn't five for boarding for me. I think and
1: in a 4 I t- nothing game, I think that's why they made that call. I think they 100- reffed to the
0: score. 100% is the, the score and the time of the hit. And, uh, yeah, Jeff Merrick and I talked about that yesterday on his radio show that I just didn't think that it warranted that um, and Lucic is right. If, if he really wanted to run him, neither of those guys <laughs> in game four, I mean, you know, how big he is and how hard he hits. And so, uh, that was, uh, it was a two minute penalty though. I don't want to take away from that, but that was more like a, Hey, I'm here. Tap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get tapped like that? <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Back in <laughs> you my You
1: would have been mad. Like you, if you were Smith, if that happens to Kelly Rudy, you probably want a five minute on the other guy though. Don't you?
0: Oh, I would, but it would have been, I would have gotten up and I would have attacked them and all this. Back then, Reed, there, the rules and the how the game was called, just, just if you ever do feel like going down that rabbit hole, go on YouTube and watch a game from the 80s and 90s and, and how goaltenders were open season and, and we would hit guys with our blocker all the time right in the head. And it was just, it was an entirely different game. And I'm glad that it's not that way now.
1: Okay, give me a minute on uh, what needs to happen tomorrow for both teams.
0: Well, for the Oilers, uh, they need a fast start and try and take away the spirit and the will of the Flames because I think you'll see a really good Flames team. But I think if you... Now that the Oilers are in this situation, they planted the seed of doubt, right? So I think if... If uh, the Oilers can have that great start and if McDavid in particular because he was a little bit quiet which is kind of ridiculous to say when you have two points in a game that you're quiet but he didn't have the same impact in the game as he had I'm going to say the last six or seven games he's played if he has that same sort of start that it just seems to me that would have to put some fear into the minds of the Calgary Flames.
1: Okay Kelly. It is always great to have you on the show. I am glad I am well out of blocker reach, and we'll do this again next week.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Right on. That is Kelly
1: Rudy checking in, as he does every week during the hockey season, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. So the Oilers and the Flames going at it tomorrow Tonight, it is St. Louis and Colorado. The Avalanche have a chance to win the series just past the three minute mark of the first period. No score. And of course, uh, tomorrow besides the Oilers game, we got the Rangers and the Hurricanes. That series is now tied 2-2. The home team has won every game. You can always check in on the hotline. It is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. You can email inside Sports at 630Ched.com and follow me on Twitter if you're so inclined, at Reed Wilkins R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K Price line. t is coming up between six thirty and 7. This is Inside Sports on Chet.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Nathan mckinnon has
1: scored it's one nothing for the avalanche over the blues in the first period i am always pleased when this gentleman calls in it is goalie doc goalie doc you're on inside sports go ahead hi reed i'm calling from and not from the uh, swiss Alps like last night <laughs> that was something I think she's calling i think she's i think she's calling from zermatt
0: which is at the base of the Matterhorn. so that's what oh, that's where I think she was calling from. Um, so a couple comments. Um, I just wanted to say, um, I'm from the goalie union, so I don't like to see goalies hit. I'm not against uh, seeing people hit people like uh, like uh, Archibald hits Zach and, and like uh, Jesse uh, hits everybody. And uh, also, uh, the other thing is that I love Mike Smith. He just made a lot of goalies who were having nightmares uh, forget about uh, their, their long shots that they let in. And the last thing I'd like to say is Nuge was huge, and uh, I think it was Bob that predicted that he was going to come out really big when he missed a uh, tip in yeah, on the third he, uh, third game. Was it Bob? I think it was. He,
1: he did. Yeah. We're going to be hearing about that for the next two decades. Forever.
0: Yeah. Anyways, those are my comments, and good to talk to you, but I just saw you. Uh, just, uh, sorry I'm not an international caller today.
1: <laughs> no, hit that. I, I love hearing from you, Goalie Doc, because uh, you always make good points and you're well-spoken, and that was fun on overtime open line last night. I believe we had... A caller from Boston, not Scott from Boston, the guy who used to call in quite regularly a few years ago. And when when he called in once this season, uh, he fell asleep while he was on hold and seriously i know some people thought we set that up we did not set that up scott fell asleep and we went to him and he was snoring Uh, so we had another gentleman from boston who i and i tweeted out his information because he said i want to meet other oilers fans and know if there's anybody in boston to watch games with so i posted that on twitter earlier and then we had was it three or four people from australia kellen at least three yeah at least three maybe four And then we had a uh, a woman calling in from Switzerland, which was which was pretty cool. Oil country is very very big. Our next guest knows all about oil country. He's been living it for most of his adult life. Craig McTavish is next on Inside Sports. <Firebase>